This is Charlie's Kitchen. I'm on a trek to become a better home chef, and I'm here to share my experiences with you. I'm testing out cookbooks and learning new things, and each week I'll share with you what's on my menu. From wild successes to disastrous failures, you'll hear it all. So get ready and welcome to Charlie's Kitchen. Hello there, friends, and welcome to another great day at Charlie's Kitchen. I'm so happy to be with you today. It was, uh, we had quite a night last night. I wasn't expecting snow at all, but I'd say we probably got about four inches last night, uh, which isn't the most I've ever seen, but it, it sure was a surprise when I <laughs> pulled out of the garage this morning and here we were a few inches deep in snow. Uh, so yeah, it's a uh, uh, pretty exciting. I think we had a good bit of sunshine today. So it's most of it's melted off. Adam was uh, great and got out uh, and shoveled the driveway this afternoon. So uh, left the rest of the left the sun to to burn off the rest and our driveway and sidewalks are clear. So that is just awesome. Um, In other great news, I made a frittata last night. So yeah, the the meal for yesterday was, um, of course, we're we are working our way through Gordon Ramsay's home cooking. Um, this recipe, the bacon pea and goat cheese frittata, is I think it's only the second recipe in the book, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we're just getting around to it here on day four. Um, and yeah, let's dive right in. So. A frittata, um, I think of it mm, like a, to me, it feels like a crustless quiche. It's basically a big old egg dish um, that you put all your fillings in and then, uh, uh, well, okay, I'll be honest. This is, <laughs> I've made a couple of quiches and and maybe one fake frittata before that, that I just kind of made up. Um, the difference between, I think, a, a quiche and a frittata here is that, uh, well, minus the crust difference, of course. Um, frittata, it seems, based, I'm going off of this recipe because this is the only one recipe I've ever looked at for a frittata. Um, you you cook it partially on the stove um, so that the egg sets on the bottom, and then you finish it in the oven to finish cooking and get the top set uh, and everything. So uh, a little bit different there, but similar flavor, similar taste. Um, I know in, in quiche, uh, at least the, the recipes that I've, I've used, they also include, so in with the eggs, you'll mix in, um, uh, milk or, or half and half or cream. Um, this one doesn't have any of that. You mix in some, some cheese, uh, in with the eggs before pouring it into the fillings, but, uh, nothing like milk or, um, cream to, uh, I don't know, whatever that does to the consistency. (laughs) Um, yeah, so oh, the way that uh Gordon Ramsay describes it here in the description, I guess it's an Italian um uh version of an open omelet. So hence the eggs and the toppings <laughs> and uh and then cooked over the stove, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so uh, an open omelet, a crustless quiche, or you can just call it by its name, frittata. This, uh, this, uh, frittata has in it, um, of course, given by the name, a bacon, 
peas, goat cheese. Um, it also, uh, we fill it with red peppers, um, and basil and what else? So some Parmesan cheese, um, and, and, uh, green onions. So that, that fills this baby right up and, uh, it is stuffed full of stuff once you, uh, once you pour the egg in and get it all cooked and cut open. Um, it is, uh, it's not lacking on the stuffing. So, uh, I thought that was, that was very good. Um, let's see, what have we got here? Uh, a couple tips, um, or, uh, hints, uh, that, that go along with this. Um, so at one point, uh, you're asked to, what does that say? Shred, uh, where is it? I'm looking for where it says, oh, here, grate the remaining goat cheese on top and season with pepper. So um, in my experience with the goat cheeses that I usually get, um, they're they're pretty soft, um, so they don't lend themselves well to grating. Um, so uh, Chef Ramsey, he he suggests putting, putting in the, the freezer, um, or at least half of what you have, put it in the freezer to firm up so that you are able to grate it at that step. Um, and then... Let's see. Let's just uh, let's just back up and and get to just get to making the whole thing. So, um, like I said, this this uh, recipe is cooked in two different parts. You'll um, start it out on the stovetop, and then um, you want to use an oven-safe skillet so that when the time comes, you can then move the whole darn thing into the oven and finish the cooking from there. Um, and uh, yeah, we get started off by browning the bacon. Uh, I used, it says just eight strips of smoked bacon, um, to use. And so I wasn't sure if that meant, um, like thick cut bacon or a uh, regular cut or what, you know, what kind of bacon. He just said bacon. So I got, um, eight slices of thick cut bacon and I was a little concerned at first, well, through most of the part, <laughs> most of the recipe, actually, I was, I was concerned that the, uh, thick cut was too much. Um, you know, I didn't know if it would, uh, having, if I was supposed to be using thin slices and then here I am adding a whole bunch of extra salt into the recipe or, or that, uh, I'd run out of space in my skillet because I'm using what seems to be double the amount of, a of thin slices. Um, and then also as I was browning the bacon, um, it took forever uh, he says just like a couple minutes. He says, oh, two to three minutes. And then you cook a couple more minutes after you add the red pepper and then just a few more minutes. And it took about, um, I want to say 15 minutes or so. Um, just of, um, I mean, I had added the other things in along the way. So I did, um, I didn't know how it was going to turn out. So I followed the instructions at first. I did two to three minutes of browning just the bacon on its own. And then I added the red pepper and continued for another few minutes, you know, few minutes, meaning for me, I think I did three or four. Um, it says till, till, uh, golden brown and crisp, but to get to that point, yeah, it took about 15 minutes, um, for my bacon. And I don't know, I don't know if that was the, just the variety that I used, if it was, um, uh, held on to more liquid or more fat, or if I was using a wrong temperature, I'm not really sure. Uh, it just seemed to take a long time. And 
Um, oh, and there was a ton of liquid. And at no point in this recipe does Gordon Ramsay say, okay, drain off the extra liquid, whether it's fat or, or water or what. I'm not sure what it was. I, I dumped it before, uh, before waiting for it to set. Um, but yeah, I ended up with about a half a cup of, of oil and grease and uh, who knows what other kinds of liquids had, had developed in there. Cause I, I didn't want to, um, leave that in there when I added the eggs. So, uh, yeah, I'd say if, if you are making this, make sure to drain off some of that extra liquid if you have as much as I did. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, I wanted to talk about, there's a, a couple different, um, prep tips that, um, that uh, Gordon Ramsay gives both um, here in the book and then also uh, along in the um, the show that's available on Amazon Prime, um, Gordon Ramsay's Ultimate Cookery Course. Uh, he shows how to do both of these things, and and I've found them really useful um, in prepping vegetables in the kitchen. So first off is the onion. <laughs> um, I've over the last year as I've been cooking the things, I've kind of developed my own way of, of chopping up an onion. So I get relatively uniform pieces. And um, I'd actually seen the first episode of the ultimate cookery course, maybe, oh, several months ago, or uh, maybe a year ago. And I'd uh, I saw the way that it, that Gordon chops up an onion, and I thought, "Geez, that looks so stupid and so hard." Um, so I I don't remember if I ever actually tried it myself because it just it looks ridiculous. And um, uh, definitely, if you have dull knives, don't do it because it's. I think you'd be putting your fingers in jeopardy. But um, uh, I'd say if you uh, if you have a sharp knife um, and are uh, comfortable and confident with it, I don't want anybody uh, whacking off tips because um, you're because uh, you don't uh, don't feel comfortable with your knife. But um, I'd say get an onion and try it. So here I'll try to describe it uh, using words. <laughs> Um, but if not, I'm sure you can find the, this technique on online somewhere, um, YouTube it and, and see. So, so here's how it goes. So, uh, you start out with your onion and then you'll make a cut from, uh, tip to tip. So you'll be slicing it in half and go through the top half and then the, the root end. Um, so you'll end up with two, uh, identical halves. And then uh, what you'll want to do is you want to uh, take one of those halves and peel off all of the, the shiny layers and um, get down to the actual meat of the onion that you want to be eating. Um, so peel off those extra layers and then uh, lay lay the onion down so that the uh, the root end, that's the one that's got the little, uh, well, I guess, roots poking out of it. <laughs> um, put that one in your... Um, uh, I'll, I'll say, uh, left hand, but your non-dominant hand, the one that you're not going to be chopping with. So put that kind of in the, I don't know, facing towards that, that non-dominant hand. Um, and then, you know, I'm trying to draw, <laughs> draw as I go along so I don't get confused. Um, and then what, uh, what you want to do is make a, a bunch of parallel cuts, um, from, I guess the top end down to the root, um, just along the whole, uh, width of the onion. So, uh, so yeah, so you're making a bunch of, um, uh, parallel cuts along, uh, along that way. And then you, uh, take your knife and this is the, where you gotta be real, real careful and, uh, um, 
uh, not hurt yourself and go slow. I had to, when I uh, tried this out, um, I think I, I tried this out with the, uh, the stuffing on, um, on Monday, you want to, uh, grip the onion so that, um, you're, you're holding it together and then you're going to make horizontal cuts. So you'll, you'll turn your knife to be parallel with the, uh, with the countertop and make a couple horizontal cuts down the, um, the length of the onion. So that you're kind of making that cross, uh, cross hatch pattern, um, on there. And then, uh, Let's see. This is more difficult than I expected to, to describe here. Oh, I've looked it up in the book. Here's what he says. Uh, so holding the onion steady. This is making the, the horizontal cuts where you're parallel with the countertop. Make two horizontal cuts through the onion. Again, stopping just short of the root. Um, and like I said, that gets kind of that, that crosshatch pattern so that it's it's ready to, um, to finish off with this um, awesome final step where you, uh, here he says, grip the onion like a tennis ball, uh, to hold it together. Um, pushing down with your forefinger, middle finger and ring finger on top, and then your thumb on, and pinky at the sides to kind of hold it together. And then, um, you'll guide the knife down to make repeated slices, inching your fingers back towards the root. And what you end up with um, this was just amazing to me because I think the last time I tried it, I don't, if I tried it at all, it, it failed miserably, but you end up with this neat little pile of diced onion and then just a skinny little bit of root. Um, it was so much less waste for me than when I normally cut an onion because I'm just kind of hacking away and <laughs> just kind of throw pieces out and, but, um, yeah, so I'd encourage you if you, if you couldn't figure out, uh, if you couldn't visualize it based on my words, I'd say definitely go look it up on YouTube and see if you can see, uh, follow along and try it out next time you're, you're chopping an onion. Um, I was so impressed. Each of the little pieces, they're all like uniform and, and, uh, and neat. I, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was blown away. Um, and then the, the second tip, um, that, um, uh, that he shows in the cookery course. I don't think I've come across any way of him talking about it in the book, um, but is with uh, bell peppers. So, so far, the ones that I I've, I've have from the store have been, um, they've been conducive to this method. I think when I uh, saw this on the show, again, it was some time ago when I saw it, um, I, maybe I had a wonky pepper or something, but we were just like, it didn't, I don't think it, it worked. Um, but with the two that I had this week, oh, excuse me. Um, it's, uh, it was really effective and I, I'm going to try to remember so that I do it with my, uh, future, uh, future pepper slicing. Um, so how this one works is you cut off the, if you have any sort of stem, um, on top that pokes out above the, the, uh, top ridges of the pepper, just cut, cut that off so that it's, um, uh, what do you call, how do you say that? Flush, I guess, with the top of the pepper. So then you can rest the pepper upside down. So on that stem side, and then you just work your way around the pepper, like slicing, um, down. So you, you cut off that, that inner, um, the, the inner membrane and seeds and whatnot. And you're, you, you're only left with these nice sheets of, uh, of bell pepper. And then 
once you've worked your way all around, you're left with this uh, <laughs> like little uh, shell of a well, inside shell of a bell pepper where it's it's got the membranes and the seeds, and you can just toss that as one piece. Uh, and then then what you have with those uh, sheets of pepper that you um, cut off, then you can uh, flip those um, on the cutting board so that the the inside part is down and they lay super flat. So it makes it really easy then to slice up uh, to like julienne it or, uh, or then once you've done that to then turn them and cross dice them and, <laughs> and just end up with, again, super uniform pieces. So those are two, two things that I've learned this week, um, about food prep that I've, I've been really impressed with. Um, maybe, maybe someday I'll make my own videos of showing me, <laughs> showing how to do that. But, uh, for now, hopefully, uh, if my words aren't enough, I'd say there's, they're probably out there on YouTube. So go ahead and check it out. <laughs> And of course, as always, if you have any sort of uh, tips or tricks in uh, kitchen prep or uh, just around the kitchen, anything related to food, really, uh, go ahead and shoot me a line. Um, the email for this podcast is Charlie's Kitchen Podcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, send me a note, send me anything. Um, because I will be sure to read it and pass it on to the listeners. So uh, just a little plug for that there. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. What else do we want to talk about? Um, okay, okay. We'll get back to actually creating this uh, delicious frittata. So like I said, that bacon, it took forever. It was super wet. Um, but once I drained off the grease and I turned up the temperature a little bit, I got some nice um, crispy brown pieces of bacon along with then the cooked uh, red pepper and scallions. Um, and then you mix in the other ingredients, half of the goat cheese and the um, uh, the peas and, and basil, and then you add the eggs. Uh, the eggs and the parmesan, and uh, you do this while keeping the uh, the pan overheat. Because what we're going to do is we're going to work on cooking the egg from the bottom up, and uh, he says to gently shake over medium heat. Um, and again, heat. I feel like this is so subjective, and I have uh, an electric. Um, it's a glass top stove right now, and I always feel like. Uh, the, the heat controls on this stove are very um, tem temperamental or like it's uh, it's kind of hard to control and gauge where the temperature really is at. I know it would be a lot easier to control if I had a gas stove, uh, but I just don't. <laughs> so I had it over medium heat, but I, I'm thinking that what happened is when I turned the heat up a little bit to medium high or a couple clicks above medium, um, for the bacon, I think it the maybe the stovetop just stayed too hot um, and it didn't cool down um, enough before I added the egg in. Uh, so what ended up happening is I got some uh, some blackened bits of bacon and scallion um, on the bottom uh, of the frittata, and then it I don't think it had enough time. Um, because the temperature was a little higher still, I don't think it had enough time to to kind of cook. Uh, far enough up the uh, uh, up from the bottom, so I I think I followed. What does he say? 
As, as the omelet begins to set at the bottom, great with the remaining goat cheese on top and seasoned with pepper. Um, I don't think I waited long enough to let it set. Again, it was at a higher temperature, so I was really worried about it burning on the bottom. Um, so I didn't wait. I didn't give it enough time to um, to cook from the bottom up before then I moved it into the oven um, and put it under the broiler. And so the broiler here, that's one thing that I was not, um, I was a little skeptical about because he says four to five minutes under the broiler uh, at its highest setting. I feel like anytime I put anything under the broiler for more than two or three minutes, it gets burned. So I, I figured that that the same thing would happen here. Um, and I was kind of right. So what, what happened is I uh, put the whole frittata under the broiler and I did, I kept it lower down. Um, cause I was, I mean, it was maybe the middle rack is where I had it, but I was, I was so worried about just it getting burned and not being good. So I watched it really carefully. I keep seeing my, uh, volume peaking here. So I'll turn that down a little bit. Oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. I don't know. Oh, that's too loud. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully that's better. Um, yeah. So I kept a very close eye on, on this while it was broiling. And, um, and then as soon as like the four minutes were up, I checked on it and yeah, the top was getting dark brown and it was still liquid in the middle. So, uh, what, it, what I ended up doing um, is I, I put foil on top and I turned the broiler off and just kept it at, um, in the oven preheated at, at 350. So, and I let it bake, I think about another 10 minutes, um, to, to help it cook all the way through. And then I just took it straight out. So, uh, all in all, it was not exactly per per directions, but uh, we did end up with a fully cooked frittata. No, um, <laughs> it, it wasn't burned too bad. Like I said, there were a few bits on the bottom, but actually, when you uh, when it got around to eat, when we got around to eating them, they didn't taste burned, so that was great. But uh, uh, yeah, did <laughs> did not follow follow the instructions to a T. Uh, just well for the sake of getting it cooked. Um, so overall, this recipe took just about 50 minutes in total. Um, and that's, that's with all, I mean, it felt like if I had done it <laughs> maybe correctly, if it followed the instructions and if things took as long as he said it would, it probably would have taken 20 minutes less, um, uh, less time with browning the, the bacon and then less time in the oven. So, uh, yeah, it, up to 30 minutes less, I'd, I mean, 20 minutes less, I'd say, if you're uh, better at this than me. But um, yeah, it took, uh, took me 10 minutes of prep time and then that uh, 15 minutes to get the bacon browned. Um, and then uh, it was at 35 minutes that I put it in the oven and then it was still liquid in center at 40. So I baked the additional 10 minutes and there we come to, to 50 minutes total. All right. <laughs> So that's, that's enough of that, uh, that mishap, uh, um, like I said, it was, it, it, the whole time I was going like, is that right? That can't be right. Are you sure? I don't know. So, um, I mean, it turned out and, and all in all, I think it, it was actually pretty tasty, uh, once we got it on, on the table for dinner. So, 
Um, yeah, I, I really was not sure about the peas. Um, I am not a fan of, of peas at all, the flavor. Uh, sometimes it just it gags me and I, I just, I, I, it's similar to the, the smell of tomato guts <laughs> where I just, oh, I just don't like it. Uh, but actually it was hard to detect in this, uh, in this recipe, which I appreciated a lot. Um, I wish I had had more basil. Um, there was, uh, they didn't have, um, the, the big pack of basil at the store when I ordered from ClickList. So they substituted with, uh, one of the smaller packs. So I didn't have nearly enough basil for my taste. Um, I would have liked a lot more. And then, um, Adam could not detect the goat cheese, uh, which he said he was really disappointed about because he, he really likes goat cheese and that flavor. Um, and so, yeah, he was super disappointed that he couldn't taste it. I don't know if that has to do with uh, the variety that I chose. Um, I don't even remember what kind it was. Some kind of Vermont, Vermont, I think, goat cheese. Um, yeah, and he wasn't really impressed with the flavor all around. He thought it was kind of bland. Um, he ended up, this <laughs> something that he'll tell you, um, it really bugs me because I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why it bothers me so much, but he put Cholula on it. Um, you know, the hot sauce. So I'm like, that's first off, it's, it's like a Mexican hot sauce. So to me, it only belongs on Mexican dishes. So like burritos and tacos. Sure. I get it. But and I know some people put hot sauce on eggs, but, but here you like mixing hot sauce with goat cheese and and peas and basil it just seems so wrong <laughs> but it's it's what he did and it, i guess it helped him uh get through it um uh i really i enjoyed it i i thought the flavors overall were really nice um i really liked the that red pepper and the um uh, the bacon in there oh and i forgot to mention i do think it was supposed to be thick cut bacon like I used because we had, it was just the perfect amount of filling, um, uh, with the different, um, uh, ingredients that, that were used that like it, the, the bacon wasn't overpowering. It wasn't too salty or anything. So yeah, I'd say thick cut bacon that worked well for me. <laughs> um, and let's see. Oh, last thing to touch on is, um, sizing or, uh, servings. Um, so this, it says it serves four to six, <laughs> maybe at a brunch with very light eating people. Sure. <laughs> um, I ate a quarter for, uh, dinner. Um, Adam had a quarter and, um, uh, another eighth. So it was like, uh, was that three eighth eighths? And then we gave an eighth to Declan for dinner. So, um, yes, we made it through more, <laughs> was that three quarters, uh, three quarters of the whole thing just for the two and a half of us eating, eating dinner. And then, um, I sent another slice with Declan today for lunch and I got the, the last slice for, for my lunch. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'd say maybe, maybe four if you're, if you're serving light, um, like at a, a brunch or something, but, uh, not in my family. We like more, <laughs> we'll eat, we'll eat more. So, uh, yeah. And I think that's all that I have for this meal. Um, and do, 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 do. 
Yeah, I think uh, all in all, uh, this one was, well, for me, it was a success, and I would definitely make this again. Um, Of course, making some modifications to the temperatures and whatnot. Um, But I think Adam, uh, he he prefers, uh, uh, he'd prefer something else. (laughs) He said, peas don't belong in quiche or frittatas, so... Um, so he was a, a no for him. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I thought it was tasty and I, I enjoyed it. I, I really liked that goat cheese on top. <laughs> okay. Let's see. So, uh, tonight, uh, our next recipe is pasta with tomatoes, anchovies, and chilies. This is the very first recipe from, um, from the book and I'm just finally getting around to it. Uh, this will be, um, our dinner tonight and, um, I'm going to be preparing this with, uh, I think just a simple, um, uh, simple, what do you call that? Oh, chicken breast, of course. Um, cause again, like I think I said yesterday, Adam's not a fan of those vegetarian dishes. So, um, I will be adding protein to this. We will be having chicken breast along, um, with our, our pasta. So, uh, that's what I'll be working on tonight. Um, and that'll close out our week. So I want to thank you all for listening. This has been uh, just fantastic getting in to um, this book, Gordon Ramsay's Home Cooking this week. I'm really excited for the weekend where I get to plan out uh, the recipes for next week. So once again, thank you all for listening. Um, It has been my pleasure talking with you. My name is Lindsay Nelson for Charlie's Kitchen, signing off. (laughs) 